I'm digging this new <coughs> office chair. It lets me scoot up so that I can actually be up on my mic instead nice. of not, which is not cute. I mean, unless nice it's for a fun joke. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got a you got a Britney uh, working there, so it's it's with your mouth all the time. Uh, oops, I did it again. <laughs> that's all. That's the quickest Britney I could come up with. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it, yeah, okay. Mm, yeah, it's good. It's fine. Right. Uh, man. Um, I, Thanks, Andy. I, I, well, so did anybody look up what the, the chicken or egg question uh, regarding whether this came or first or the or the Lincoln commercials came first? Uh, this this came is first. first. This came first. Definitely. So this this is the start of like a very beautiful relationship between Matthew McConaughey and the Lincoln Automobile Company. Just like how this is the beautiful start of our podcast, which is called Never Seen Any of This. My name is Andy. I'm Sammy. I'm TJ. And I'm Raymond. And I just want to get that out of the way so we could be, keep going on this. But I don't think we need to introduce. I think we, yeah, are we, are I mean, we past that? No, no, you're good. I, it's a good good thing. But, Man, yes, that was, uh, that good. This, this came first because I think the Lincoln commercial started in, like, 2015. The, he, as he's, like, driving away at the end, I was, I half expected him to, like, reach up his hand and, like, rub his two fingers together as he was driving. I was like, he's so close. He's got to. <laughs> he didn't do it. I was like, this is a great template for for those commercials. I, I mean, know. this is probably, the, like, a part of the elevator pitch going, like, we should just have him sell fucking Lincolns. Come I mean, on. I don't know why they film new commercials. They should have just used clips from this movie and just been, like, buy a Lincoln. <laughs> Yeah, it was in. Uh, it started in 2014, oh, and this so. is from 2011. So three but years he's later. been the face of Lincoln ever since. Yeah. This was, this was like the big comeback for him. This it, it was, was so like funny his... because yeah, this was my pick this week was the Lincoln yeah. lawyer. Yeah. yeah. And I knew it was early on in the McConaissance, but yeah, right as I started Ooh. the movie, I pulled up IMDb and I was like, where does this fit in? And it's this like is right this is did, the movie, yeah. That starts. It's like right it. after he did Fool's Gold or something like that, right? That was in 2009, and this is 2011. So yeah, this is his first yeah. uh, prestige film after his uh, uh, what bad about set of movies. Sahara. That's a. That, I like that movie. <laughs> that's also it. based on a long-running book series. I that's know from, like, that the 2000s, like early 2000s. I know that. I he like everybody... sails on sand dunes with like a like a raft that he makes out of something. Yeah, it's, if I it's like correctly. Indiana so Jones. I was like, "That's pretty cool." Failure to launch. Sahara? I'm trying to remember the first thing I ever saw him in. I think it was probably Sahara. Sahara, the Clive oh, Cussler right. book is from the 70s. It's a really old book. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's Clive really Cussler. No, yeah. no, Reign of Fire. That's a good. Oh, he's in there. Oh, oh yes, he is. Reign of and Fire. I remember watching good. it and not realizing it was him until much later. <laughs> like I was like, that was yeah, Matthew well, McConaughey. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you you see little bit parts like that, like uh, like Michael Fassbender in Three Hundred. You know, like he oh, yeah. gets some cool edgy lines, but it was before like anybody recognized him as like uh-huh. you know like a co- like a comic book level movie guy or uh mm-hmm. i'm just looking at his imdb if you guys couldn't tell me yelling names out but oh, i thought you just had <laughs> just like i knew like oh tropic thunder that's 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 that's, that's, that's such a good oh, his bit in that he's is so very good, good actually <laughs> i i read that that's what landed him this role what because oh, somebody, funny because they saw him in tropic thunder and went oh hell yeah this guy can act <laughs> I forgot. that's he's, the thing that they were like good. he can act he's so good at negotiating he is great at that but <laughs> you will you get your team <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta watch that movie again. Yeah. No, that's good. 
This is like what the fourth or fifth movie that he's played a lawyer in. He's played a lawyer in a lot of movies. He loves playing lawyers. Yeah. I I he he was a lawyer in Amistad, Uh and he was a lawyer in A Time to Kill. A Time to Kill. Both of which are, I mean, like, I mean, like, those he's, are kind of like both like nerdy, nerdy, like spectacle pushing lawyers. But this one, he's like, <laughs> and he's 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 a daddy he's lawyer. A lawyer in this who one, fucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's exactly. the lawyer of time and space and interstellar. There's that one too. Mm. Okay. He's, yeah. All right. He's a lawyer. Out. I think he's a lawyer in every movie. If we really think about it. <laughs> <He's>... <laughs> <laughs> well, so Raymond, this kind of stems from your your Harry Bosch love, yes, sort of, right? Yes, yeah. boy, I, get it. You you are a loud and proud. I am, Bosch and I bring fan. it up a lot, so I don't want to spend too much time on it here because I'm pretty sure if you listen to any roundup, I've talked about it. Yeah, and, he, and Raymond's <laughs> uh, sucking yeah, me um, in. I'm four books into it at this point. He's going down. I'm going in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was aware of this as a movie. Would give me that look. I don't want to go deep into that. I didn't want to. I didn't want to acknowledge it vocally, but no. I did want you to. I didn't feel mean a it that shame. way. I was. It was an excited. <laughs> yeah, you did sound quite excited. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll anyway. be quieter. Yeah, I was aware of this as a as a film before I was aware of uh, Bosch, but I hadn't seen it until like I I knew it had generally good praise, but it seemed. Like, it it wasn't in the same realm of stuff I was interested in watching. And, uh, yeah, I, I had, in fact, by the time I read the first Bosch book, I had forgotten that, that it was the same author. So in the, in the, towards the end or so of the second book, which is from 1993, um, they make reference to the fact that Bosch and Mickey Haller have the same dad. So they're, they're stepbrothers, or half-brothers, I should say. Half-brothers. half-brothers. <laughs> Yeah, so as a character, he's existed in some form or another since uh, 1993, but the first book doesn't come out until 2005. And this very much, even though the movie came out in 2011, it feels very much like 2005. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the like the scene where they're talking about like going to a 3D movie uh-huh. with the kid or whatever is like, oh, that that that's a pretty like effortless sort of like time placement thing uh-huh. that yeah. the flip phone he's got flip phones yeah yep. i know in the well, in the book it makes a big deal about him having an ipod and i'm glad they didn't like he, <laughs> he brings it up two or three times and so i'm glad that's, that's so not, cool that wasn't here <laughs> status the new technology well, uh-huh. well and like well that that's actually funny because like on the production end like that's actually why lockups are important for pas like it's like one of the like the lower totem pole things to do or whatever but it's if you've got people that you're paying for the day to walk through the shot because they're wearing period appropriate clothes and they're not going to have their fucking cell phone out or like a jack-of-the-box logo on their hat like the homeless guy that got slipped through my nets and got into a shot on better. Oh, how anyway. Oh my god. Oh, everybody on the horn is so mad. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but uh, that's why though. Like that's why those considerations, like those cars that are parked there, are parked there on purpose because that is a Nissan from two thousand and one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I was reading last week that there is at least one fight in Braveheart that they had to redo because a bunch of the extras had watches on and stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, that's, that's, it's, there's at least, I don't know which fight it is, but there's at least one battle where a bunch of them are wearing watches and no one caught it. So they had to refilm the whole thing. Well, isn't there, isn't there a famous like 
scene in Lord of the Rings where you can see a car go back by in the like in the background or something like that? Is that Lord I of the Rings? I think in the dead in the dead marshes, maybe when they were no, filming in the parking lot. No, it's when they leave. Um, it's when they're leaving the Shire. There's a crane shot as as Sam and Frodo are the one more step and I'll be as far as I've ever been. And there's a crane shot and there's a VW bug in the background. But it, <laughs> oh, you can oh. only see it in the VHS version because it's been taken out of everything. Oh, okay. Funny. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not quite the uh, the yeah. Starbucks I was going to say the, the goddamn Starbucks cup. <laughs> and then the water oh, bottle in the next totally episode. Like they just... <laughs> oh my god. They were falling apart at the end there. Yeah, I uh, I really love the writing of uh, Michael Connelly. It's and so, so I, good. Oh. I, I got, I think, th- th- four or five books into the Bosch series and decided I was going to read The Lincoln Lawyer because I was like, oh shit, yeah, he exists. I should read that. And it comes out, I think I was telling Sammy the other day that um, there's ten Bosch books before the first Lincoln Lawyer book. And one of the things I, I love and, and kind of bittersweet about in the series is that Michael Connolly writes everything as if it was happening in real chronological time. So the first book comes out in 92, so it starts in 92, but then every book comes out like once a year, and it's like a year later. So it has, by by the time I read the Lincoln Lawyer book, there was like, there was 10 Bosch books that already existed, so I read the second Lincoln Lawyer book, which is also really good, and boss shows up in it and there's a bunch of plot points really like it's not necessary if you don't read the series to figure out what he's doing but as someone who was uh probably uh let's see that book came out in 2008 or something like that i was behind like 15 books (laughs) so i was like i was afraid of spoiling myself because he had like a different partner and he was saying stuff in reference to the boss series like oh shit i can't read any more of these till i catch up (laughs) So now I'm almost caught up to the first Lincoln Lawyer book in time-wise, because I think my the book I'm reading now is from 2003 or four, <laughs> maybe a little bit later. So, yeah, um, they're excellent books. And this, I think this movie is a pretty close approximation of the book, other than, like, clearly shortening it, because there's way more law stuff in I was going to say, and that's, it's as fascinating the, to as me. As the movie was playing out, I was, mm-hmm. it reminded me a lot of his books, of how it how uh-huh. things get revealed and how things progress and like mm-hmm. how there's that twist kind of thing towards the, right at the end kind of thing. It was like, it reminds me a lot of the beats of his books. And Michael Connelly saw it and said that he loves the movie oh, and good. he like, he couldn't have agreed more with their decisions. He didn't have anything to do with it? I mean, they paid him. I'm sure he was a consultant, I was but he, he was didn't write it and he didn't direct it. Right? Like someone know. else adapted it to, for a screenplay, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm sure well, he was there as a consultant, but yeah, yeah he, I think he's just got like a producer credit or something. Well, and if you think about it, that format for writing books, like even if you don't have a mind for adapting it for television later, mm-hmm. actually lends itself to it because you end up running into a problem where like like sitcoms where kids get too old right. or whatever, mm-hmm. or like cartoons or whatever, where yeah, like you start mm-hmm. with a child voice actor, like Adventure Time handled it really, really in a fun way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you kind of set yourself up for like a cool thing because it's not like, God, this guy's getting pretty old to be old, uh-huh. uh, super good at stuff, young guy McGee. Yeah. Well, it's like, in the, it's it's funny because yeah, in the in the books and the show, they start him at the same age, but because they started the show in the 2000s, they've changed where he is in time. But they're, I mean, they're doing the same thing, but they've just changed around the events. So yeah, it's like Desert Storm instead of Vietnam. Right, whatever, exactly. Right? But yeah. yeah, in the books, he's. I mean, I think 
I think they're talking about retiring him soon and switching over like to a younger person. He'll be like a consultant or something. Because I'm in, I think, 2005 or 2007 or something like that, and he's 60 in the books. Oh, so it's like, getting up there. Yeah, or he's like, yeah, he's like late 50s to 60, and it's like he has to. It's like you're seeing one case because he does maybe like one case or something, you know. <laughs> so it works out well. But yeah, I think they started to pass it off to another younger detective yeah. character. But Michael Connolly is also like 60, 70 somewhere in there. And that's exactly why it's so perfect to cast uh, Matthew McConaughey in this, because he can get older, but everybody else will stay the same age. Oh, God all damn. right, all right, God all right. God damn you. I didn't even try and tee oh, you up for that. That was so good. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I, just yeah, I, I, first... I watched this oh, first because I knew it was Matthew McConaughey, and I right. wanted to watch it. It's, it, you know, I, I, I wanted the book, but after reading so many Bosch books and watching the show, I was like, oh, it's probably different enough that it won't matter. No, this one's pretty close beat to beat to the book, other than like there being more details in the book. But after watching the movie first, I only read Mickey Haller's character as Matthew McConaughey, and that greatly right. improves my reading. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just love that he yes. stepped out of the car. His first line was, all right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh-huh. here we go. <laughs> did, you, did you catch at the end of the movie when he said it? What? At, at when he, he said "all right, all right, all right" at the end of the movie. Uh uh-uh, uh no, I just saw. He, I just knew he said it at the very beginning. He when um after he gets out of court and he goes out to his car and his driver's not there and he's got the parking ticket and they're fighting mm-hmm. about it as he's getting in the car he goes "all right, all right, all right." <laughs> he has said in interviews that he tries like, to put it in, in all of that's his movies. on purpose and i like to imagine that they they were doing that scene he just went all right all right and then just like stopped and turned around and was like we gotta go one more time reset, <laughs> reset. i didn't get the third one out there didn't get it in there hey, i've talked long enough someone else please tell me what you thought about this movie real quick i just uh with bosch was i was mm-hmm. really hoping that brian cranston was going to be bosch like I was like, that would have been so cool if he was Harry Bosch, but he he wasn't. Was, he was, was so kind funny. of a dick anyway. So I was like, that's all right that he's not. This, <laughs> this has been on Amazon forever, and they just used the movie poster, which is just Matthew McConaughey and a Lincoln, right? And like a, a fairly blue white background, and then the poster on Netflix that they they used for me. I don't know if it varies, but it's uh-huh. Brian Cranston. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Brian Cranston's in this. Yeah, I did the exact same thing. <laughs> Hardly, I was like, I didn't want to know him. he was in this, but then I was like, oh well. I hope he's Bosch, and he wasn't, but that was fine. It was, no. <laughs> I yeah. specifically remember um, not being super interested when this movie came out, and I went back after watching it and watched like the trailer and some of the marketing materials to kind of see why it was. Mm-hmm. Because five minutes into this movie, I was like, oh, yeah, this, this shit rips. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> But I remember, like, seeing the trailers and stuff and being like, I do not care about that. And I went back, and yeah, the marketing, it all kind of makes it look like like a super serious, sad, gritty L.A. crime thriller. Uh-huh. And like, I didn't really, even... It's, it's like a pulpy detective Right. You know, it's way more detective mystery. than a lawyer thing. And that's what I thought yeah. when I just looked at, like, because I remember seeing it when we worked at the um, place that we shall not name, because Andy says he never worked there. Um, <laughs> when I saw it on the I shelf, work there. I got paid to poop. There. You got paid to poop. <laughs> but like it being called like Lincoln Lawyer, I was like, oh, it's just going to be like a court case the whole time. Is what I mm-hmm. assumed it was about when I saw like the the like DVD for it and stuff. And I was like, oh, it's just going to be like court case the whole time. That doesn't seem that interesting. And it's it's not that at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, a little more intricate than that. Yeah. Give a little credit. But this is actually also the, at the beginning of the McConaissance where he hadn't earned mm-hmm. back our trust. <laughs> no. 
No, and I I remember there kind of being buzz when this movie came out, and being like, man, he's like a serious actor again. <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm. okay. Wait, wait, no, they well, they I'm already like, got that from Tropic Thunder, so this was continuing off of that. Fools <laughs> gold me once. <laughs> 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 well, and the, but this is him like center stage, right. and like uh, I, he, he's he's like doing the McConaughey thing for the, very much for like the first like probably fifteen twenty minutes of the movie. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. Where he's like when, when well like when Earl is like, hey, do you think we could make this like a permanent thing? Like when you get your license back, he's like, got my license back three months ago, buddy. <laughs> it's just like ah, oh, like God, everything like that. God, like you're just he, the coolest like, guy. Uh, what is it? Stick where he like pays him off and then immediately yeah. sticks and meets with up with him later. It was like that was a whole setup thing to like get right. money from. Oh, it's like oh mm-hmm. man, <laughs> he's like, working oh, everybody. And that's what is cool by the end of it was that he like is working everybody that it helps him mm-hmm. in the end. And I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do. I mean, we can start talking more about it. That it it like starts as like a TV show opening credit I, it, thing. It, <laughs> yeah, very, it's my a lot it's of my biggest gripe of it. Yeah, a lot of the first act of this movie feels very TV show. Yeah, literally like opening credit, like going through, like, oh, am I watching like a crime TV show right now? Just the way it was like playing through. I was like, oh, okay. Well, and it's really effective at establishing when we are, where we are, what he does, mm-hmm. how he does it. Mm-hmm. You know, like with hopping from these little cases or whatever, it, it takes, you know, maybe. I don't know, eight minutes of the first part of the movie or whatever, but, like, you get a really good idea at, like, who he is and what his web is like, you know, you... I don't think you see William H. Macy at that point. You don't meet Frank quite yet. But you see that, like, you know, he's got, like, an assistant lady that helps, like, run, you know, people's names and stuff like that. You know, like, you know, he's... Oh no! You're talking about no. Assistant that's his ex-wife. <laughs> no, no. Actually, they're both his ex-wife. I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want to give Andy a hard on like within oh. the first 15 minutes of this episode. We'll, we'll get into Marissa Tomei. Too, okay, good. Uh, good. <laughs> bring I it was, back, that old chestnut. Yeah, that, I didn't want to. I didn't want to start. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I wanted to let him. I wanted to let. Yeah, the birthday boy have the first bite. <laughs> the. All right. <laughs> As the the scene where he uh, meets up with Marissa Tomei, I think, is a really well written scene mm-hmm. because it yeah. gives you the relationship before it gives yep. you any of the real details. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it and then it's also it's very subtle in the way it doles it out. It's not it's not just like hey, can I come pick up our daughter on Saturday? It's like mm-hmm. they're you're in the middle of a conversation that they would be having anyway. And mm-hmm. you see the, them have those same sorts of conversations and kind of like flirty uh, interconnections through the rest of the movie. Intercourse? So, is that what you're going to say? Oh, well, we see all of that. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yes. I was trying to think, speaking of intercourse. <laughs> Raymond? Oh, no. Raymond, have you ever picked a movie that w- there wasn't a sex scene in? <laughs> hmm. Uh, was there a sex scene in Bad Times at the El Royale? Yeah. Yeah. When? Which one? Oh, well, you um, see naked people, right? That's Je- not that's. Actually- oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Jeff Col- Bridges, Col- John Hamm, don't they get it? On? <laughs> the cult, the cult <laughs> people, I feel like the cult people. The cult people aren't there's, doing stuff. And then Jeff Bridges is never mentions it again because he just forgets. There, there's the camera setup that they're filming people having sex, but you don't see it. It's just but you don't see to. it. 
Yeah, so it's fine. It's Raymond fine, Raymond. Absolved. I just was like, yeah, yeah Raymond, Raymond. Objection, Your Honor. <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say no. It's in Crazy Heart. I was gonna say it's not in Crazy Heart. Pretty sure it is. Jeff yeah, Bridges yeah. gets it yeah. on at least once. Yeah, we're not yeah. early. We don't on have too. to go all the way it's back. A, it's a really pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. Thing our our for me. listeners can go back and look all at every right. movie that Raymond's pick and be like, oh yeah, there's a sex scene <laughs> in every single one of these movies. <laughs> I, yeah, it'd be interesting to see some stats for all of our oh, picks. Good. Yeah, even like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like even that one. Like yeah. Yeah. Raymond. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes I got you... fast forwarded when I was a kid. <laughs> all right, all if you right, want to have right. a true piece of cinema, you got to have a, a sex scene in there somewhere. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. Which I was got like, to. I don't, I never found those to be in, in like, no one likes those in movies. Like, are they, well, who are they for? Who are they? What sex <laughs> yeah. scenes? Yeah, I don't get it either, really. Yeah. They're just I mean, to make you feel uncomfortable. It's, it's, all it's, it's not for us. Yeah, it's Sammy. Right, yeah, yeah that's it. it. Yeah. <laughs> They're for Raymond, obviously. Oh, That's what yeah. Oh, clearly. <laughs> uh, I'll I will say I the think... one in this movie was was pretty great because you have two of the most beautiful people. Oh, here we go. Oh, going Andy was... at it. <laughs> <laughs> Andy was trying to put himself into McConaughey's shoes. God. Warmer to ten days. <laughs> either oh, way, man. I mean. Either way. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'd take a smooch from the McCon. McCon? Well. Oh, sell you would. some wild turkey after. Yeah, you're you're gonna look me in the eye and tell me that if Matthew McConaughey came up and was like, "Come here, darling," offered, offered you a smooch, you'd turn him call down. Call me darling. I'm I'm just saying your verbiage of "I'd take a smooch" is like, yeah, I'd let him. <laughs> yeah, I'd take a smooch. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. That's, that's the way it, you phrase it. Almost, it yeah. If he's offered, it almost sounds like a burden, but it's not. But no, I'd I'd yeah, I would also kiss Matthew McConaughey if he yeah. asked. Yeah. He's yeah. He's looks like he's carved out of fucking Greek marble. He's of too charming. He is a charming man. And I will say, but I think that's the one thing I maybe I don't know if it's the one thing I didn't like about this movie. The one thing that I feel like I don't feel like he earns the switch as much as like because mm-hmm. he's like kind of a sleazy like lawyer, not like super sleazy or anything, but he's like mm-hmm. sides with all the guilt guilty people. But then uh, I just feel like there's a halfway point where he's like, I got to do good now, and I. Don't, I don't know if it's as earned. I feel like as right. I get it. Like I, I know why because he put that guy away that wasn't innocent. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh man. I, I but I, I don't know. I felt like there was just this. There wasn't as much in the beginning for us to me to think like, oh, he actually wants to do right. good until he's well, like, oh, I'm gonna start doing good. I feel like it's once he starts getting like some actual consequences for his actions, like when mm-hmm. Ma- when William H Macy dies and he kind of <laughs> realizes. Okay. No, no. 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 Oh, they said William H Macy and the dog. I was like, "Are you kidding oh, me? What? Why do we have to throw in that detail? <laughs> why? I mean, I was Man, sad about, have... but the dog too. Like, what? The... At least they didn't show it. Yeah, yeah. Was I was glad they didn't show it. I couldn't they remember. Had... My girlfriend was watching it with me. I was like, "Oh, please don't show oh, the no, dog." Oh no, no. <laughs> abort, abort. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I get, I get what you're saying there, Andy. That he finally has those consequences of things are going mm-hmm. bad because of what he's decided to do mm-hmm. and it's well, something and that he... it all does happen within the first book but it is something that gets truncated when you transfer something to a movie mm-hmm. that like there's gotta, definitely yeah. more time spent you spend a lot more time with other cases and like him going in and out of court for like menial shit before you get to like the, the meat of the case so right it's yeah it's something that you definitely see him wrestle with more in the book that gets lost here mm-hmm. in, in a movie form yeah 
Well, and you kind of get it encapsulated with that conversation that he has with that dick cop, uh-huh. uh, you know, and, and, you know, and it's, it's a problem that I think that a lot of people have with, you know, with people that are into like true crime or, or into courtroom dramas or whatever, uh-huh. like why, like the reasons that they find them compelling are either like you get like the weird polar fringes of like, you know, like serial killer, like blog people that like you know will do fan art for kids that like shoot up schools and then you also get the people that have such a hard on for justice that they want nothing but to like throw people into the fucking gas chambers you know like Mm -hmm. you know and so it's 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 hard to negotiate that part in between and he and he puts that pretty beautifully of like that little story that he told of just like oh yeah i got a greedy da that wanted to put away a couple extra murders of this fucking guy and that guy got off so why don't you think about you know not <laughs> right not trying to overreach i was just you know and actually putting people away that deserve to be put away and actually really considering it then i wouldn't have to be a fucking sleazebag all the right. time right i just that i couldn't imagine being like a lawyer and having like to stand like go to trial for someone that is you know is guilty like that's so i mean like unless you're like a sleazy guy that's like oh yeah i'm gonna get this guilty guy o- mm-hmm. away with it like i just couldn't imagine like who gets put with the serial killer like that everyone knows did it like, and you have to like defend him like mm-hmm. or you gotta defend uh, people that do that every fucking day yeah <laughs> it's weird yeah yeah well and i guess like two two of my big takeaways from it are like fantastic casting you know like uh, like especially with the context of knowing that like this was not like a a time where like uh mcconaughey had returned to being a very bankable Mm -hmm. figure yeah and so you know it it's more in the vein of like kind of not an indie movie but you know like a more of a side project where like like character actors can flex or Mm -hmm. you know like whatever it's a it's a good script so then it's just like yeah like it's it's kind of more of a meat and potatoes thing for a working actor to Mm -hmm. go like you know yeah i'll come shoot for a couple days because this is a great this is a good movie and i might get some buzz on some other circuits or whatever but like uh, yeah i don't think michael pena had been in much before this yeah i was like when he showed up i was like oh i forgot he was in it yeah he's really good too when he he starts crying i was like oh michael yeah (laughs) waiting for him to do that hitman recap but i was like oh this is serious now (laughs) he's starting to cry well and like john leguizamo yeah like this is this is a pre yeah well it's a pre uh john wick right uh you know to to where he was endeared uh through that to where like there's a very distinct period of time where john leguizamo is fucking annoying right like all you can think of is sin from ice age for (laughs) i mean you don't like, like the, the pest? pest the pest oh yeah, yeah. oh I don't know why I, the pest, I, I like I don't know why uh, I liked that movie when I was a kid he, I, Andy would be a fan of, of stinky dinky <laughs> but you know there's anyway. it's good casting when like you just the character shows up and you know exactly who they are like specifically Fucking Trace Adkins as yeah. the biker guy yes yeah. or like yeah. the perfect um, the warden from Shawshank Redemption is like the lawyer guy and you immediately see him and you're like oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, I know exactly oh, what kind of yeah, a guy yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, like... yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, fuck that dude. Well, yeah, it's like when Eric Roberts isn't anything. Yeah, Josh yeah. Lucas shows up and he's a smarmy asshole. <laughs> yeah, yep, exactly. Kind, kind of. I mean, yeah, kind he's just kind, he's like, like a movie, like, I mean, yeah. They, yeah, they paint him like that in this movie, but, I mean, he's got more redeeming qualities to him in this, but usually, like, I just, what, what was it this last year? Um, oh, the racing movie that... 
Ford v Ferrari. Ford v Ferrari. Yeah, he's a smart uh, asshole in that. <laughs> but yeah, it is funny because like literally, as he showed up, I was like, oh, he's gonna be a smart asshole, and I was like, oh, no, uh, really? Well, he kind of no. he's doing his best. Like, yeah. Also, a little side note thing with Trace Adkins, the little side exchange thing at the end or whatever, where he's just like, I heard you shot your client's mother, and he goes like, well, she shot me first, and then he kind of laughs. Mm-hmm. It's because fucking Trace Adkins, like, I think by their first or second wife shot him. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and he lived. And so yeah, he has like a little chuckle about it or whatever. So <laughs> that's funny. a fun little fun little inside joke there. That I, I didn't know that. That's, that's so good. That's yeah. wild. But but like if if I gotta pick a favorite though, it's fucking Earl, man. Earl is yeah. the best. When he showed up again, well, like, because like, it was like, what, like 30, 45 minutes before he shows up again? I was like, there he is. Yeah, I right. was missing Earl. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and like, I really got to thinking about like, because I don't, I don't ponder, you know, like what it'd be like to have a lot of like luxurious shit. But like having a driver would be <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. I would go so many more places if I didn't have to drive there. <laughs> like, if I didn't have to dedicate the time to travel, then I'd just, like, go to Manitou or whatever and just be like, alright, just bring a book and hang out. I'm gonna go fuck around. Like, yeah. you do your thing. And then they're just like, yep. Like, that would be awesome. You know, like, you know how much me time I could have if all of my transit time was just devoted to, like, like catching up on TikTok or whatever mm-hmm. bullshit? I would get so much more done and I just love if the, I just never had to drive anywhere. A little scene oh, at man. the beginning where he's, like, put on your headphones, like, while he's, do, like, yeah. talking about cases, he has oh. to, like, put on his headphones. I was like, that was a cool little touch. Like, <laughs> Yes. Very cool. I loved it. Um, uh, my favorite, I think, no. was William H. Macy. I just, his hair yeah. was oh. just... <laughs> And he was just well, like such a good guy playing with his dog. R.I.P. Well, well and like I didn't. Right? <laughs> I, well, and oh my god, the little exchange or whatever when they're like going over the case file or whatever, and like a bunch of f bombs are getting dropped or whatever, and like the way that he's like, mm, I stand corrected, and then repeats it back and then writes it down or whatever. It's like, oh shit, that's funny. Yeah. And, and like I didn't pick up on the like a like a gay thing with mm-hmm. him, because so like when him and Marissa Tomei kiss on the mouth, I'm just like, oh, like he, he's super cool for like you know his. P.I. is like dating his that's ex-wife what I thought and everybody's cool too, yeah. and working yeah, together yeah. and like oh that's kind of fun you know like but is and he like, was they were the, all at the park together was that yeah. the final yeah, I thought, realization yeah, so, was and, that he was yeah okay yes and yeah. and so then after like so like when Marissa Tomei and him fuck and then uh, and then like later he's just talking to Frank I was like wow you're a piece of shit you're not even <laughs> acting like anything even happened and Frank <laughs> should know <laughs> you do that to and Frank only realizing that because the the only reason they kissed on the mouth is because Frank is her GBF and I had no idea <laughs> yeah that was not telegraphed properly to me an idiot uh-huh. <laughs> so I thought Matthew McConaughey was an extra bad man until I was like oh, oh no, uh, sorry nah, I was forgetting oh. well McConaughey okay. killed him so. Yeah. With his gun. Oh, lordy. Uh-huh. <laughs> was, uh huh. Yes, my, my biggest gripe with the film is that it, it's it's absolutely the way it's directed and edited. Mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like it's bad per se, but it's absolutely shot and and filmed like it is going to be. One, a born film for some reason. There's some. It's handicam. Right? Yeah. Handicam and like for sure. dramatic no. zoom ins for no good reason. Or like this. And yeah. then the way it was... it's cut is similar to like uh, a detective TV show. Yes. Those yeah, like, like very from stylized SVU or something. Yeah. This... Yeah. There's like some Motown song and they're like cruising. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's no room for handicams here. Yeah. Right. And, it's, and I my... think it absolutely handicaps the film. But gonna be my I, I think the rest of the film automatically I did uh, like, elevates above that. I did like when they were cutting when the guy, the um, dude was 
telling his side of the story when it was mm-hmm. cutting between them at the yeah, table. I thought and, that and was I thought that was cool, like the swipe to the table to him, like, like driving well, the car. Like yeah. I thought and those the transitions cool, were good, but yeah, I didn't transition. think the actual well, scenes yeah. themselves were. They were kind of like Law yeah. and Order. There were some times yeah. where it would just randomly yeah. like zoom and that's in like on a, the people. That's a narrative thing yeah. that you have to do when you're not in a show where like you know the joke before the joke mm-hmm. is told, like yeah. Law and Order. Yeah. And also, I thought the nice touch when they were going back and forth between like um, the the bad the bad man's mm-hmm. uh, version of events and then Michael Pena's versions of events is that like when they're in the club, it's like years apart, so there's like a Cascadia song playing. <laughs> yeah, in, I noticed in, that in Michael too. Michael Pena's. Yeah. <laughs> That was great. And like a more modern song in the other one. So like I thought that was a nice touch. That was speaking that was, that was of nice uh, showing the the date that it's happening in when William H. Macy shows up and he's like, I transferred it to a disc so we can see it on the computer. I was like, uh-huh. nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, and it's funny because there's also sort of um, a, an interesting conversation to be had, and I think um, the question needs to be asked is interest in true crime uh helpful or a hindrance to to enjoying these kinds of movies because like i found myself sort of like subconsciously comparing it to things like the night of mm-hmm. um where like forensics is a big part of that obviously they have a lot it's a mini series so they have time to really kind of stretch right. it out and get various interpretations and revelations but i i found myself going like where's the i mean there should be like a lab scene right. or you know something more about or like the maybe process. Yeah, like or like or uh, like what it would look like. The difference between you punching yourself in the face and and the the abrasions that are left as compared to when somebody else punches you in the face. That is like that would be a thing that would be brought yeah, up. Yeah, we gotta look at and look at that. Yeah. They would they would bring in some kind of expert guy to go like, this is what it looks like when you punch yourself in the face. This guy was guilty of doing this thing and mm-hmm. there was precedent. But anyway, so like that, I found myself kind of going like, oh, where's that? But like not taking away from it. But I'm sure. wondering if if people watching stuff now where that's an expectation because they've listened to fucking 400 hours of my favorite murder <laughs> right. where they want to know <laughs> like, it would and, be or they would go like watch this with... doesn't feel this doesn't feel real to me because they're not bringing that up yeah i didn't watch it with kenzie and kenzie's no. like listened to all of those podcasts and so mm-hmm. it would be interesting to see what she thinks because it doesn't do that but i did, it didn't bug me at all it I doesn't bug that. me i listen to a lot of the i don't listen to a lot of true crime as much as i listen to like investigative journalism stuff so it, right. it doesn't bother me as much as maybe someone who's going over every single detail but mm-hmm. it's I, I think that's absolutely something to consider is like a more modern audience might at this point be turned off from the fact that it's not exploring yeah avenues i did of, think like, it was kind it's of like the I think... advent of cop shows now it's like the yeah. same with like with things that happen in real life where people are like, why didn't you do this and that? It's like, well, it's not a TV show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. I, and I think that distinction is important that you made between like investigative journalism mm-hmm. and, and a podcast where they are taking statistics and courtroom stuff mm-hmm. that is, that is nominally boring mm-hmm. and making it entertaining because of the personalities that are presenting mm-hmm. it to right. you. Not by virtue of the information itself. I, I will because say, they're talking about super boring shit, but like, again, putting it in an entertaining I, box. I will say there's something that really hooked me into the book that's not explored here is in, in both books, I'm sure it happens later in the series as well, is that they spend a lot of time with um, Mickey Holler building his case, and that's like, which we're, it's gone over in broad strokes here to like bare necessities, but like in the book, they go over different like legal precedents that actually exist and that's like can be like i can argue this because of this and that's why i would argue this and that's how i get around this so it's like it's him talking it through for a lot of it other than anything that's and really i did twisty. and i thought that and was I found like, that very interesting yeah and i found but, that like, super... a court case would be argued more based on 
precedent than it is the evidence sometimes. And I really liked the him having to work around the the reason he was hired was because he did mm-hmm. that other case, so he had to like work around to try to get to bringing up that evidence. I thought that was yeah. like probably the most interesting part from the movie. He <clears throat> was like, yeah, he has to get the evidence out there somehow without him doing it because then it like throws off the whole thing. I thought that was super right. cool, like mm-hmm. the legal well, he had to jump through. Well, and you want to talk about a difference in performance too. It's when the goalposts have been completely changed. Like right. oh, your, yeah. your paradigm has shifted several times yeah. in that whole thing. In that whole conversation of like, this guy can get into my fucking house, and he killed this girl before, and he's probably done it several other times. Mm. Like you know, like all these revelations are happening. Like boom, 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 boom. So like, yeah, there's a big, big shift in his I did, personality I didn't really, for that big chunk of the film. I missed either. I missed it or didn't really see how he just so quickly made the connection to the other the the girl the dead girl he like covered yeah. he covered up half the screen half of her face and was like oh and then went and looked at the old one and was like this is the same uh-huh. see i that was that's i was like th- uh, yeah. we're the forensic yeah. thing it's an old, it it's an old like, cliche you know yeah. it, it i'm sure in the book like there was more forensic like again more research there's more there's more to, to it i'll say right. there's more to it yeah so mm. He goes to visit Michael Pena's character multiple, like a couple times, uh, and they like he he's like wrestling with the fact that he's been put away, and he's like looking at the case file a bunch. So he looks at it a bunch of times and goes, "Wait a minute!" and pulls out the new photo and then looks at the yeah. new photo, shit like that. I I just get sucked into these mo- movies like so easily, like especially uh-huh. with like these detective ones, just, like just believing what they want me to believe at that time. Like I was like immediately like, Oh, the white haired guy is totally in on it and helped her. Cause that's what they present at first. And then later like, Oh no, that had nothing to do with it. But that was just what they presented. So I was like, that's what happened. It was like, a red herring. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I just, I always, I always <laughs> fall right into those where I'm like, Oh yeah, this is what happened, but it's not that. Thing. Well, and it's, and it's skillfully written mystery right. stuff that does that where like, I think like George R. R. Martin was talking about it and it was like, you know, subtly interpreted later as like throwing shade at it. D and D or whatever, <laughs> but uh, but it was talking about how like if you've got a book written out and there are people that are actively engaged and want to know and they guess that they that the you know that the maid did it and at the last minute you just change it and the butler did it then the person feels cheated right mm-hmm. because like you know there was not work done on any front to lead you to the conclusion that that was who did it and sometimes and, it's where and just going like haha you i fooled and you. then like like that's or re- that's like revealing all of that's this what stuff. little ki- that's how little kids write stories right yeah so like it, you think i gave you person. all the clues right and that's the thing <laughs> if they give you all, if they give you all the clues at the end you know like so if they you think it's the maid the whole time and it turns out to be the butler, but then you then realize like oh all this stuff led to the butler, like that's yeah. cool. But if the it's first like con- the first conversation that you hear about the girl that got killed first is like when he has a conversation with that dick cop, you know, mm-hmm. and that's you know yeah. what 20, 25 minutes in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so like that's that's the first connection, the first uh-huh. hint, you know, and it's skillfully planted. Seeds and then I the like thing. knew it was I was like I had a feeling that the mom was in on it somehow, like through the whole thing too. Like I was like I know she's doing something. I didn't think that she literally was the one that mm-hmm. killed the dog, but <laughs> I, but she didn't want to, you know, didn't want to hurt her, she, have her baby boy get hurt. Right, yeah. And did you notice that she was the? Um, she's from Watchmen. Yeah. The, the show Watchmen. Yep. I've not watched it yet. That's why I'm, I'm not, not going to say anything more. <laughs> Good. Thank Good. you. Great. Cool. <laughs> I was going to be like Love it. this person, but you're right. I won't say who. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I also have to say that, like, in, in these movies, it's really easy for, like, a judge to become part of the scenery. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they can just have, like, a stately-looking gentleman in a robe back there. And With if the they wig. don't have lines beyond, like... <laughs> you know, like you know, they, again, mm-hmm. like a lot. It's hard to do badly, but most mm-hmm. of the time, it's unremarkable. This judge, when he pulls him into his office and just like the mold. yeah, and the quiet yelling yes. was exquisite. Oh, yep. <laughs> oh it was Making so good. It was like the, it was like, like the kids just fell asleep, and she just pitched her mom moving in, and it's just like <laughs> I spent three thousand dollars. <laughs> Hang drywall myself, and you want to turn my basement <laughs> into a Pilates? Turn table. my courtroom. <laughs> like that. that just tickled me so much. Oh. I love that performance. Like you made a mockery <laughs> out of my courtroom. Like he's worried someone's gonna hear. Like I, I love. But that. it's just my crazy. That... Turned around and looked at me. And was like, I like this guy. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just crazy that like. Matthew McConaughey set that all up. Like, he did that on purpose. Uh-huh. Like, he that's just so cool that he, like, knew to do. And it was so, those, like, interactions with the the murderer guy that he's like, who knew about this? And he's like, you're going to have to think, who could have known? Who who, uh-huh. could've, who did it? <laughs> well, and it's like, who it's a weird thing it? with, like, with Josh Lucas in particular, where, like, I was like, oh, I feel kind of bad for him. Right. Like, uh, because, Fell right like, into the trap. The thing, that, the thing that happened with, like, the, the wrong picture of the knife thing or whatever, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of plausible deniability behind that or whatever and that's kind of like you know whatever they were they were trying to get one up on the prosecution and they decided to load the deck you know yeah. like that was you know yeah that's that's playing the game you know like that's that's kind of an established like you know ah oh, fuck you you know kind of thing that happens or whatever right. but like the the thousand razors indeed like when <laughs> mm-hmm. when he gets like like goaded into like getting this poor woman to open up about why she knows that exact date like just you poor fucking sucker like, oh right like, into the trap oh, god like sitting there in the hunting blind the good like, second oh, that he has of looking down at his notepad and just flipping to his next sheet of paper which has nothing <laughs> on it <laughs> so good Oh boy, yeah. So I felt kind of bad for him, but I also was primed not to feel bad for that guy because YouTube, for some goddamn fucking reason, really wants to pitch me the idea that I should want to watch the new movie, The Secret, the movie with him and Katie Holmes. Well, I don't know why, but I I, I see it. It's like recommended recommended movies all the time. I don't. I don't know why, but it's new. Now that you've said that me, out loud, apparently. Probably, I'll probably oh, start getting ads for that's it. from like a decade ago. Oprah pitched it <laughs> on her show. The Secret, the movie with Katie Holmes yeah. and Josh Lucas. So I was like, I see the, it, I'm getting like weird face fatigue from this guy because <laughs> right. they keep trying to shove this movie in me. I'm not going to rent it. This is stupid. Uh, speaking you of. You just got to give in like Raymond and watch uh, Zoe's uh, Yeah, playlist. watch the playlist. Extraordinary playlist. His yeah. favorite Which is TV all on show. Hulu now, the first season. They've been proof for a second Look at season. Raymond plugging it again. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I still haven't watched past the first episode. So. <laughs> Raymond's favorite TV show. My plugging favorite. it. I got to the second episode and I was like, fuck it, I'll watch it. And I got five minutes in and I accidentally hit the skip ad button. Oh, and it never, never promoted It tried to promote me the third episode. I was like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> I haven't seen the second, second one. And it never promoted it to me again. I was like, uh, okay, I guess I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I missed out. Right. God damn it. Um, another one that he shows up in, I, I feel like just everything is like a side character, is that like the sleazy guy that they get to go up and 
say that he heard what Corliss, oh, whatever his uh-huh. name is. Oh, Shay Wiggum. Yeah. Shay oh, Wiggum. Yeah, yeah, he's in everything. He's just in Joker. <laughs> he's, great in, he's great in Boardwalk Empire. And King, King Kong, he just yeah. shows up and just as a side character, just there. In the darn, in the darndest places. He's got good accents. He's just yeah. a good character. Yeah. Characters, actors. Yeah. So that was good to see him. Uh, I did love the James Bond ending. That mm-hmm. felt really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... I mean, nothing's ever going to feel as good as knick-knack, like, throwing bottles <laughs> the bar. You know, like, nothing's ever going to top that. But, like, just I, when when you wiggle down after, like, the feel-good hip-hop plays and there's still 15 minutes left of the movie, I was like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> so I would have loved to have been in the theater and not known the runtime uh-huh. and, like, gone, like, oh, okay, you know, I guess I'll shift around to make sure I don't have any Mikey Nikes still in my crotch or whatever before I get up. And then like, oh, God, oh, no, he shot the lady. When he called up, and... when he called up Marissa Tomei and was like, how about I pick you up in an hour? And she's like, that sounds perfect. I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's almost like Richard Kind in A Serious Man. Uh-huh. Like, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like that's the same as saying you're uh, retiring tomorrow. It's your last day on the job uh-huh. as a cop. Yeah. <laughs> that means yep. you're dying. I just got today. one more shift and I retire. If you're the like absurdly large father of an anime protagonist and you want to promote peace, yes, like see if <laughs> <laughs> uh, it should have just. There's a stopwatch that just started when you just told them that the way isn't violence. <laughs> so here we go. It should have ended like Jane, like how James Bond starts when he shoots her. Because he like pulls from the hip, it should have just like done, dun, 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 just started playing the credits. Just fucking end right there. Yeah, <laughs> no more content, no more resolution. No. Just like, like he shot and bleeding out on the ground. The she Lincoln lawyer bleeding out of the ground. Just the Lincoln lawyer credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be great. You you can make that cut though. You could, yeah. yeah. Easy. I, I will people, say I was people dis- made Harry Potter with guns. You can make you can make all sorts of stuff. <laughs> this movie sets itself perfectly to continue adapting more of the Lincoln Lawyer books, and they had I think two more by the time, or maybe at least one, and uh, by the time that the movie came out, and then it just so happens that the reconnaissance happens directly after, and it's like the movie made the movie was filmed for I think forty million dollars, so nothing. Yeah, and I'm sure yeah. like a third of that was probably the cast. Because of oh, how many yeah. people they got, you know, at least. And that's uh, like that's half the marketing budget for a movie like right, this. Right. Right. Yeah. And it made eighty million. Wow. At, at, I think that's the <laughs> report. So it do doubled its money. That's, and so it, it was like primed to, to make another one. And then just the next I think he, he did was it Killer Joe or whatever it is that's right like the same year. He probably and then the next like, took off. I think well, like, and, yeah, the next couple years. Right around that time. The next couple years is yeah. um, is Which the I... Wolf of Wall Street in 2013, tw- and Dallas Buyers Club 2012's got something I can't remember right now. 2014's got Interstellar, and uh, the Lincoln commercials, and <laughs> that was the sequel. Something the else. Sequels. Yeah, but it's like it was. He just exploded, and it's it's a shame because it I, it would have been perfect. Oh, yeah. And it's especially because like Lionsgate is just now, I think, learning the same lesson over again with Knives Out, where they filmed Knives Out for about forty million, and they've got it was a surprise hit, and they've immediately got like they got all their money back. They're doing a sequel. There's, I I really like this movie. I wouldn't have seen it in the theaters, and mm-hmm. I you know I, if I had known about it at the time, it, it skipped by me entirely in 2011, 2012. Oh, yeah. 
I like that there are companies like A24 because mm-hmm. I'm just an A24 fanboy yeah. uh, that are that can recognize this already pre-existing pool of really amazing like actors uh, internationally mm-hmm. really and and then having that be a springboard where like what what's the sequence of uh, hereditary to knives out A24 did uh, uh, knives out Yeah, Lionsgate did this. Oh no, I know, but I'm oh. saying like, what's what's where's the, like the time difference between those two things? Like, oh, like couple, was she recognized years? for that, or was it like oh, a sleeper, Tony- both of those kind of sleeper? Yeah, to- for Tony Collette. Oh, um, Hereditary was 2018, and Knives Out was 2019. So, okay, so like but you know, like. But you know, like that ball starts to roll where yeah. she's in these things that are people are like, Start Jesus fuck, you got to see yeah. that. You know, or or make a bunch of money. So like, that's always the problem with like character actors is they always are, end up in movies that don't make a bunch of fucking money. Mm-hmm. So like, when they do, it's nice that the recognition ends up happening. And mm-hmm. like, and I like it when and guys like like him and like Woody Harrelson and and a lot of those guys really get lean into the producer role mm-hmm. for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and not even EP, which is getting your name on something and you know maybe getting some money and maybe being able to convince one of your other actor buddies to be in it. You know, like there's there's favors that and and you know perks that come with you know that EP thing, but like actually being like a capital B P producer on something mm-hmm. is it's a nice transition for a lot of actors um, that can do it well. I mean, like Tom Hanks does a lot of cool like producing. Work what was it aside from acting? What was it, what movie was it that won Best Picture and then Brad Pitt was on stage and everyone was like, "What is he doing?" Uh, there? Twelve Years a Slave, or mm-hmm. well, he produces a lot of. He well, did right, one this yeah. last year too. Because he, he was in Twelve Years a Slave, but there was another movie that he literally wasn't in, but was on stage for. People were like, "What?" Was it the Harry Tubman movie that came out recently? Maybe I can't remember. Oh, I thought it might have won Best Original Song. You keep talking, I will look it up because I know what you're talking about. Right, because it was just everyone was like, "Why is he on stage?" Like, oh, because he makes those movies like he helps makes all well like uh those movies. what was the recent movie that metallica helped fund oh, oh uh the the um ted bundy one that i talked about yeah okay oh, the long yeah. title so like mm-hmm. yeah so like yeah people get involved in projects that they you know believe right. in you know that's um, kind of fun yeah. there's i think uh george harrison helped fund monty python's movies <laughs> <laughs> sure it's like i think See? life of brian i think he helped finance because he thought it was really funny and no studio would give monty python money to make a jesus parody movie <laughs> Yeah, it's great. It's a good movie. So, good on him. It's fun. Yeah, it's so it's fun. Like, uh, well, actually, I think what um, uh, the night of was one of the last things that James Gandolfini um, uh, produ- helped I, produce. Yeah, I think he was all over that. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, it was, and that um, one's really good. I've I think I've already sucked that thing stick. A few times. <laughs> it, was, it was Moonlight. When it Moonlight. Was, oh, is there moonlight. we go. Okay. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. See, yeah, see like, exactly. it's crazy. All right. Cool. <laughs> he's on stage, and I was like, "What? What is he doing? Get off there!" <laughs> but yeah, he does. He no, helps out with he's, that. he was integral to the production yeah. and the making of yeah, that that's movie. That's great. Yeah. He gets, he deserves he to be. He does. Up there. You don't get yeah. him off. No, I, you I just off. say when he was on stage, I was like, "What?" And then I looked it up. I was like, "Oh, hell yeah!" <laughs> oh, okay. So your brain just said wrong. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh. "Okay, okay, okay." Do you know that that movie was? They've never said how much it cost, but it reportedly was under ten million dollars to make that movie. Moonlight, I, I believe could, it. I can believe yeah. that. I it believe is, it. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't the, look like that, a uh, lot. The cheapest it's, budget for a Best Picture winner. It's very much set like a play, so I could I could see how you could just change some of the yeah. scenes what was around. The other. Mm. Can we the just talk about? Oh, Danny. Uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, was it uh, uh, Danny DeVito was a producer on Pulp Fiction? That was oh, the other one I remember. That's awesome. That's because I used to have that giant. 
I, I'm, I'm a white kid that's into film, so I had that giant Pulp Fiction poster yeah. with yeah. Uma Thurman on it. And so it, it's in much bigger letters where it says Danny DeVito. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Like, that's good. That's good. The letters are almost as big as he is. <laughs> good old Danny. He, he's a little feller. God bless uh, so, him. So, Raymond, last question about Lincoln mm-hmm. Lawyer. Uh, Bosch, the TV series, does Mickey Holler show up in that? Has he shown up no, in that? No, they because they didn't have the rights. Oh. They, okay. Lionsgate had the rights for a long time. And then, like, two years ago, CBS uh, decided they were going to make a TV show out of Lincoln Lawyer. And that was, like, it was exciting to me, but I was, like, I was really hoping it would connect with Bosch on Amazon. Because they've got Amazon's, it's it's now their longest-running show. Um, So I was really hoping for it. And then CBS killed it right before pandemic started. Uh. But Amazon has been in talks. Like, Amazon made an announcement that the... (laughs) Right before the newest season of Bosch came out, that they were um, doing two more seasons. So there's there's the one that was airing this year, and then a seventh season next year. And then there's a lot of rumors that they are that Michael Connolly has been talks with them to shop around for now that CBS has killed the Lincoln Lawyer that they'd bring that in. Cool. And so they haven't started writing bring season McConaughey seven at all. Back. It's like it'd be. I mean, it'd be perfect if they like. Got if they, and the seventh season hasn't been written, so they could easily write in one of the stories that features Mickey Holler's. After two thousand five, Mickey Holler is in like every third Bosch book, right. and Bosch yeah. is in like every second or third Lincoln Lawyer book. There's not that many Lincoln Lawyer books, but he's been in at least right. two, and there's one coming this year as well that I think Bosch is in. And mm-hmm. it'd be very easy to then just extended universe yourself and set up for the Lincoln Lawyer, and then have Bosch show up in that, and it'd be. That would be my dream come true for my series <laughs> to continue. All you gotta do is make a deal with the devil. Yep. And you gotta you gotta shake Bezos's hand, and then you take it away, and you've got a burning mark in there forever, and it's just in the shape of a little a little A or whatever. And you're like, oh god. I and just then, don't see. There's no reason slowly, not to. Mm-hmm. That A because slowly like... fades into Sweet Baby Ray sauce and Zuckerberg. Is there's no reason not to do it for right? i mean no. i don't know the inside baseball of it but it's like you know jeff bezos is just throwing money at lord of the rings because he likes lord of the rings and they want a game of thrones level event to happen but yeah. like well like, Bosch like game of the... thrones on fucking hgh but yeah <laughs> amazon uh really most uh, and netflix has been doing the same thing but amazon's got a, a track record of killing shows after season four because your third season is where the most you you get your most viewers and it only goes downhill from there. They found so look after season, act. if season four doesn't do well, they kill it essentially within a season. So they've left Bosch going for seven seasons, and so it's now their longest running TV show. It's yep. like they could have been doing it for a lot longer. I get not doing it for longer, but seven years is a long time for a streaming TV show to be going. And it gets back to the, the how it's formatted uh, in the first place, mm-hmm. and and where it does that gracefully. And and I think that's honestly a really pretty nice standard and practice to go like, <laughs> all right, so like, you know, we as human beings, we like to look at it as like beginning, middle and end. Mm-hmm. So like first season, second season, third season, like all, all these things mm-hmm. are tied up or whatever. And if there's still continued interest, then we keep going. It's like I think the expanse has gone past mm-hmm. where it's really a viable thing anymore. But like the first three seasons on sci fi were fun. Mm-hmm. And then they brought it back on Amazon because like there was like a like a firefly sort of sure. reaction to it or whatever. Or no, I think the third season actually was Amazon. 
Um, uh, there was two seasons on Sci-Fi. And, you know, they brought it back, and so now it's on streaming, so we can say fuck and show people getting their heads blown <laughs> off. And it's yeah. like... Yeah okay you know and so after that third season it was fine but then it's just like yeah i don't i'm, I'm not really interested in watching this that new i mean that's what happened to me with brooklyn 99 is like it got canceled and saved within 24 hours but that they wrapped up the show for me and it was already i can't remember how many seasons it was but like five or six right, before yeah, then yeah. and so now i like i've enjoyed the last two seasons that they've put out since being like canceled and brought back but it's like comfort watching at this point i'm not like we waited forever to watch those seasons. I, there was no pressure. I'm not terribly interested. It was just like it's on, it's good, whatever. But I have yeah. like it's not essential viewing like it used to be for me. Right. Yeah. Well, I kind of compare it to like a, like a parent, and then there's like there's a child, and they've got this like this raggedy little stuffy, mm. and like stuffy has been your little friend for years, <laughs> and like stuffy's looking pretty rough, uh-huh. and like maybe the main reason you love stuffy is just because you have old memories of when stuffy was like actually a viable companion, but now is his he's got like a like a pretty pronounced you know asshole where a bunch of cotton's fallen out of there and his arms fallen off and he's got one eye and stuff he's not looking very good when you go like i think we should maybe get you a new stuffy or something mm-hmm. something else and then they go no no this is my stuffy he was my co-pilot Why am I forever crying right and it's now? just like oh god <laughs> oh we got him we got him we got him to cry finally oh, <laughs> brought up stuffy i didn't shut, know you're gonna shut it down like podcast that. over yeah. but, <laughs> we got sammy to cry i think the only problem that comes when they you'll never they, get me alive <laughs> The networks kind of, and like the TV producers in general, streaming services, all that, all kind of pretend, like, we all know that's the deal, and they pretend like that's not the deal, so that they just, mm-hmm. like, if, if like, the writers are going, do we have, like, more leeway to do what we want? Like, is this the end? And that, like, Netflix is like, uh, I don't know, you know, if it, we'll see, and then they don't write an ending to the show, and then Netflix is like, alright, I guess season three, that's the end. Like what they did with Daredevil and <laughs> shit like that, and like yeah, all the Marvel shows good. that they prematurely canceled. Yeah, and it's like that. At least with like, I mean, and Amazon's guilty of doing that too. They've done that with multiple multiple of their shows when they hit season three and four. They just cancel it without without wrapping it up. So at least Bosch is getting an ending. I'm hoping they. I'm really hoping they pick up Lincoln Lawyer because they've had the movie. That's why I was surprised that Lincoln Lawyer was on Netflix because they have had it on Amazon Prime for years. Uh, and they yeah. like independently select almost everything that they are picking up unless they buy some sort of like giant package like a Bond franchise or something to show for a while. Mm-hmm. But they've got yeah. knives out, so maybe, you know, they've they've had a Lionsgate deal of some sort for quite some time. So I'm really hoping they pick it up and work it in and we, I get a TV show out of it that continues. <laughs> because also, if you still haven't watched the Bosch TV show, it's written by people who wrote best fucking show on television the wire the hit show Bosch. The now wire? Bosch is the best show that no one watches <laughs> Act- actors for actors from the wire are also present that's right lance reddick is all over and uh and and uh, that other guy um who played the very very scary uh gangster guy in the last season. right right towards the end yeah i can't remember his name marlo right yeah marlo yeah that's Bosch's yes. partner in the show yep jay edgar i I can't remember that guy's the actor's name for the life of me, I which I feel bad about. But he's a very good actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's all very good. Uh, I really wish that Lionsgate. I mean, this is right around the time that Lionsgate was pushing all of their like they did this, but they were also finishing up uh, what Twilight and the Hunger Games were just getting started, uh, and like the Divergent series and all. Like they were the ones pushing the YA 
mm-hmm. like fiction multi-franchise like million dollar blockbuster things going when it's like man you could have just like 40 million every two years you could have just done like a Lincoln Lawyer movie or maybe you up it for Matthew McConaughey becoming a star but like every couple years you could have checked in you would have been fine you know and that would have been like right up there with like John Wick for me because that's what they're doing with John Wick essentially you know yeah. how many Lincoln Lawyers they could have made for the cost of Breaking Dawn 1 and 2 <laughs> fuck that's a lot of Lincoln 20 Lawyers 20 years worth <laughs> that, should, that should be a unit of Hollywood measurement is how many Lincoln Lawyers how many Lincoln Lawyers <laughs> How many Lincoln lawyers did Disney lose on John Carter of Mars? <laughs> oh, ten. <laughs> ten Lincoln lawyers. <laughs> oh, right. shit. Well. Great pick, Raymond. It's good. good. Yeah, fantastic pick, Raymond. Yeah, yeah it's, it's something that, like, it's it's not a, it wasn't a blockbuster. It's not something that's, like, revealed, like, a classic, you know? It's not must-watch cinema, but right. it's just a very good exercise. Yeah. In a genre that doesn't get very much love in this day and age because it's mostly relegated to television, right? Or you know, podcast form or something, you know. So it's like on the big screen, this is not a story that gets told very often now, and it's just a very good execution of. I definitely well, recommend I kinda, it for I, sure. I think it's kind of like you know, like the if I can compare it to guitar terms, it's like the pentatonic scale. Mm. It's like the blues, the blues scale. It's like. Sure that blues scale has been played a lot by a lot of people mm-hmm. and if you can hear that played in a way where you go like ooh <laughs> you know then then that's that's the that's the that's the secret sauce that's the real mm-hmm. shit that's a sweet baby race that's a sweet baby <laughs> race <laughs> 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 sweet baby race <laughs> couldn't, couldn't get it couldn't get through it uh but uh you know it, it's it's a it's a procedural thing it's like mm-hmm. a courtroom drama or yeah. like a lawyer movie or a cop movie like you, you there are certain expectations that you have but at the same time if they just kind of check those boxes you go kind of go like all right you know unremarkable mm-hmm. movie whatever but this, you know when it when it does it in a in a way with nuance and subtlety and originality and it's it's good time and it's like you know like nice guys like fuck yeah I mean that's that's oh. one of my top three for me I love that movie so did goddamn you see much. that tweet I retweeted the other day that was Russell Crowe just shared like some of the printed up memorabilia he had from it was like the the newspaper ad of, like the agency and like a drawing and someone retweeted oh. that and was like at him and was just like sounds like you need a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Lord. Shane Black could, like, I would, I would give him any amount of money to do that instead of a Predator movie. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, oh, man. And Have Mel Gibson direct? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And while... <laughs> well, and while you're over on Twitter looking at that Russell Crowe tweet, you can also hop over to our Twitter page, which is at NSAOD. Oh. Oh, no. At... <laughs> NSAOT pod. There you go. Yeah. Good job. NSAOT pod. Yeah. Did if you, you just run out of gas, <laughs> and just, oh, oh, oh. I thought if I you messed just up. Type up. Never seen any of this. You'll find it. You'll find us. Uh, you can find us on our Facebook page, where uh, our episodes get dropped first. And uh, also, if you want to send a message to our our own personal caboose ourselves, you can send us an email at never seen any of this pod at gmail dot com. Yeah. Send us a recommendation yeah. or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can't keep picking I love where, that's, that's where we keep the letter bag in the caboose. And now we'll right. all say it together. This movie was all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. All right. <laughs> all right.
Oh, perfect. Yeah, that was, that feel was good. good. <laughs> yeah, maybe if we had tried to like synchronize that beforehand. No, I didn't want. That's <laughs> how we do it on this podcast, no. DJ. Spon- doing it, it live. This is this is why I don't like musicals because like people don't spontaneously do things in sync. That doesn't happen. Like when oh, like no. when you what do say open? the same even, thing at the no same time, musical, we go DJ. we go jinx, no, and then no. you you either are punished with like physical or you punishment, or you no. owe them a coke or yeah. a buck uh-huh. or whatever. Like you know, like right yeah, it, we we shame these things when they happen. <laughs> we shouldn't we shouldn't put them on a pedestal. TJ, we shouldn't TJ? we shouldn't put it on film. TJ, we didn't watch TJ? a musical. <laughs> this isn't how life works. <laughs> TJ, put 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 down the gun. <laughs> no, no, no! You're gonna listen. You're g- oh, okay. Okay. hey, my gun's missing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, shit. oh shit! All right. Well, remember what? that. Remember that other evening I was drinking ginger ale and sitting at your desk. <laughs> hmm. Oh shit! All right. Well, on with that, we will uh, see you next week on another episode. I've never seen any of this, but until then, we'll say. Bye. 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 All right, all right, all right.